Hello, welcome to Manic in Miami. This is Holly Hurricane. Uh, the EMDR, the therapist warned me. She said, please don't do this and plan anything else. Um, I got into bed at like 6.37 p.m. and could not get out of bed. I'm emotionally exhausted to the point that I am physically exhausted. Got into bed at 7, 7.30, got out of bed at um, 7 a.m. today. It can make you uh, physically ill. It can make you throw up. Um, EMDR is really hardcore. I'm so sick of myself. Really, really, really. So here are some thoughts delivered on an ecliptical occasion on life with fearful avoidant attachment. It's estimated that 7 to 8% of the population has this attachment style known as disorganized or disoriented and more commonly now known as fearful avoidant. Not many people are um, misfortunate <laughs> enough to, to have it. So uh, I did a simple Google search and that tells me that I guess TikTok has it all wrong. Um, I can't be bothered to discover this misinformation being spread um, through, I guess, Gen Z's mental health obsession. But I can share a few of my experiences um, in my standard, you know, self-flagellating style of public humiliation of self by self. Google also told me that it's rooted in extreme fear during childhood and severe childhood trauma. Dun, dun, dun. Searches for... Uh, Academic literature on this also point to um, potential intergenerational trauma, stress past in utero, um, potential culprits for this. Don't blame your parents. Try as hard as you can to get out of any victim mentality that you might have. We're all very complex and, and we're all very flawed. Infants who, I guess, fail to attach develop an insecure attachment. And so fearful avoidant is a form of insecure attachment. It's marked by inconsistency. So like vacillating between feeling emotionally validated and feeling, you know, invalidated, neglected. And there's kind of like a cycle of value devalue, like praise, maybe verbal abuse that can leave people disoriented. I guess, like, unable to comprehend what the actual fuck is going on. Kind of the highest level of psychological torture possible. And it often leads to mental health problems like anxiety, depression, dissociative disorders. I don't know. I, I feel like there's some kind of demonic genie that, like, materializes and announces that you have zero wishes. Um, but here, have this mental disorder. Again, I'm not going to blame a caregiver or anyone else. Maybe I'll blame like a child molester, like fuck you, you know. I think that fearful avoidance feel victimized, but kind of lack this self-awareness to consider the victims left in, in their own way. This guy wildly misinterpreted other human beings. And if you think about it in terms of like human beings as animals, uh, the most common animal animal instinct in all animals is to avoid harm. And most animals, some other animals do, most do not have these cognitive abilities we have. Um, the consequ consequences of which are defense mechanisms and denial and projection and rationalizing bad behavior. And these are utilized by everyone every day. I'm going to give this example using uh, person Y and calling myself person X. I don't think anyone can say with certainty that something person Y did, so the other did, was in any way responsible for 
person X con- discontinuing medications or these negative toxic patterns of, of behavior and these toxic responses, right? Person Y, the other can trigger me, can trigger person X. There's like a lifetime of shit packed into my head, into person X's head that reacts to Y. And person Y can't be held responsible for my history, for the history of person X and for my well-being in the present. Person X just needs to have the wisdom and maturity to divorce themselves from anything um, that can point in that direction at a certain point. And if you, if me, if person X can make changes um, and become somewhat stable and then eventually come back around with a healthy mindset, only then is, is there a chance for kind of repairing the damage. With fearful avoidant, you know, so happy one day and then the next day, very coldly with no emotion, just say, um, I'm really sorry, but get out. I've done that. It leaves the other person kind of disorganized and disoriented. How can people process that? Because you're just going back and forth in your mind all the time. And there were people that I was in long term relationships with and a marriage. And I had a hard time understanding if I really loved them because I just really wasn't sure that I I knew what romantic love was. I knew that they loved me. There were people I had connections with that caused me to immediately look for signs that they were lying. I would often end it or I would just sabotage it. And in all those situations, I felt relief. And that is followed very shortly by desperate remorse and regret I've kind of felt somewhat heartbroken, I think, my entire life, despite breaking other people's hearts. And depending on where I was with my bipolar, I would go through long periods when I there was just no way. And I've had a number, many people tell me, you know, you're kind of a tortured soul. And I was like, I hate that term. I am, kind of. And here's a quick passage from The Pale King. David Foster Wallace's last book. This is what happens. You imagine the things I will say and then say them for me and then become angry with them. Without my mouth, it never opens. You speak to yourself, inventing sides. This itself is the habit of children, lazy, lonely, self. I'm not even here, possibly, for listening to. And that's this, you know, solipsism that he wrote a lot about wrote into many of his characters he was kind of obsessed with it I think that applies a lot to our trauma we're not only just projecting it onto other people but we're anticipating how other people will react to things and and that's kind of this solipsistic just I need this affirmation that I'm not worth it for anybody it's everyone else's fault it's my my trauma's fault and Dostoevsky, there is only one thing that I dread, not to be worthy of my suffering. But then, kind of horrifically, everyone in the room started milling around wildly and hugging each other, rampant, indiscriminate hugging, where the point seemed to be to hug as many people as possible, regardless of whether you'd ever seen them before in your life. Thanks, but I don't particularly like to hug, he said. And this guy, they're, they're entering a rehab, okay? Um... He's like, you think I fucking like to go around hug on hug on folks? You think any of us like this shit? We fucking do what they tell us. Now, you're going to risk vulnerability and discomfort and hug my ass. Or I'm going to fucking rip your head off. So I'm really hoping this stuff works. I'm just like really excited to 
move the fuck on with this. Okay, bye.